All right. Here for the finale yes. of season one. Of Ashk 101. Yeah. After a after a little bit of a prolonged break. <laughs> yeah. But that's all right. Yeah. It just, just built up the anticipation because this is a good episode. So it's, Yeah, well, and our listeners will have only had to wait a week, right? Yes, yeah, because we just didn't release an episode last week. Yeah. But yeah. I did entice them to listen to our love story episodes because I feel mm-hmm. like we put those out so long ago that I think maybe a lot of our new listeners um, maybe hadn't seen them or, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah. So thank you guys for being patient with us. And, <laughs> um, well, before we get start, before we get started, welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. I'm Kristen. I'm Ashley. And uh, you've probably been hanging with us at least for the last seven weeks talking about this uh, DZ. So, you know, we're here to talk about Ashk 101. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about the season one finale, like Ashley said, and then we will probably um, take the next two weeks off so that we can get prepped and geared for covering the season two episodes mm-hmm. um, because our goal for that is to not have to skip any weeks should our schedules have any conflicts. So yeah, we want to get ahead, which we mostly were for this season, but it just caught up with us by the end. So um, yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks. You guys. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> last night as some mind you, I've gotten to watch this episode like two or three times because we did, we really had every intention of recording last week. So, like, we both rewatched and did our notes and all of that. I love your coffee mug. <laughs> Thank you. It was a gift from my husband. It's, um, I love maybe it. Maybe we'll have to share it with them. Yes. Um, it's, I love David Bowie, you guys. And it's a really cool David Bowie mug that my husband found in some random shop. And it's from his classic um, – Oh, of course, now the name mm-hmm. of the album leaves my brain, even though I know the album, but with his red uh, lightning, lightning bolt, bolt across his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it says rebel on the side. I love, yeah, it's super cute. I like how it's like all red and vibrant, but then the inside's like a blue lining. Yeah. It just, yes. I like the coloring. It looks mm-hmm. cool. Anyways. Um, yeah. Sorry, guys. We'll, we'll show you. We'll share a picture of it. <laughs> I'll have Ashley send me a picture to share on the social media so you can be a part of this too. <laughs> um, no, so last night though, we both were like, well, we'll rewatch just, you know, we have our notes and everything. But, you know, if you're – if if it's been more than a week since you've watched, you're not going to be as fresh on everything. So right, right. I was rewatching it last night and <laughs> – I was doing laundry because I was gone this weekend, you guys. I got to hey, I got to go to the Taylor Swift opening weekend, um, which was amazing. So if you guys can get to her Eras tour, you really, really should. Um, but I am a chronic. I have to unpack and get everything like put away and done the second I get home from a trip. I don't like living out of my suitcase or not having stuff where it belongs. So that is what I did. And then, of course, I want to do all the laundry that accumulated over the days I was gone. So I had a load of laundry going. I sat down to watch Ashk 101 again. And (laughs) I got up to close the laundry room door because our laundry room here is very loud. And my husband was asleep and the laundry room's not far from our bedroom. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to close the laundry room door so that it's not so loud while the washer's doing its thing. And as I was walking into the laundry room, I stepped in water (laughs) and it was in my hallway and kitchen and starting to seep into my living room because the washer was overflowing. So (laughs) I did finish the episode, but I was very distracted. So you might need to guide the discussion as we go (laughs) more. That's fine. 
because uh, yeah, it was just crazy. But luckily, it was an it was an easy fix to make it stop doing that. But now I'm still dealing with the fallout of wet floor and where it has seeped into and all of that stuff. So, such a pain. Such oh. a pain. And this stuff can never happen at like two in the afternoon. It has no, to happen. No, when you at, like, have plenty of time to. <laughs> You know, dedicate – I mean, not that it's ever fun to have to dedicate your time to stupid stuff like that. But it's always, you know, in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. or at 10 p.m. like it was last night. Yep. Exactly. So anyways, but I was like, no, we're still recording today. We've got to talk about this episode. Yeah. Um, And yeah. So um, with all that being said, um, Volume 8, again, the season one finale, it – is titled Ozel Beater On, which is a special moment. And then for episode seven, I forgot to share the title. So last week's up or two weeks ago, uh, for episode seven, it was titled Deishim, which means change. So hmm. okay. um, just wanted to get caught up on that. Um, so, I mean, what I really want to do is just talk about the moment, but I suppose I we can know. wait until we, we get there. We have to lead up. <laughs> we have to lead up. There was a lot of – this was a great episode. So good. And, you know, like I said, the last few weeks have been mm-hmm. really crazy, and I was going through some kind of insane personal stuff. So I had texted Kristen, which is not usual. Usually I'm really good about not communicating with her about the episodes, mm-hmm. but – I was like needing something and so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to watch this episode and it was the perfect thing that I needed at the time and I'm texting Kristen like crying. <laughs> it was, it was, the, I was just so glad that that like fulfilled oh what you gosh. just, what your heart needed in that moment. <laughs> I really needed it. I was like, oh man, it was, it was perfect. So oh, I text, so good. I was like, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. <laughs> But I don't care. <laughs> There's so much to say that it was like, yeah, even if you had spilled every single feeling and that like we still would be able to share plenty yeah. more oh, while yeah. recording. So oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. we can definitely make an exception for this. Yes. Um, and you know what? I You know what about this episode? Other than the um, unanswered stuff in their adult lives in like, mm-hmm. you know, the current day, you know, uh, misfits. Um this would have been a pretty okay series finale. Like, because Agreed. we, you know, we we got the coupling up of pretty much everyone. I mean, we, like I said, unanswered questions as far as the adults, like who's showing up at the house, things like that. Right. Um, you know, who who is the missing link since there were only three letters sent out. Yes. Um, you know, but it it concluded very well for the 1998 group. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than Osman, like, I mean, he just, he, we didn't really get to see him fully succeed with his, you know, uh, like financial savvy and all that through, through, um, yeah. You know, like with the whole thing getting shut down with all of his little network and stuff. Right. Um, but I mean, even he left in a good place because he kind of, you know, made his own decision where his parents could still be proud of him and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So, um, I don't know, like it would have been, I'm glad we got a second season, mm-hmm. but if Netflix hadn't picked this back up for the most part, I would have been, I would have been okay. Yeah. Unlike, yeah, unlike agree. other shows that we'll discuss when we start covering them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, so we, um, where do we open up? Uh, we start in the future. Okay. With Ida and Ashik. Okay. 
and we get a little parallel situation here because Edda's drawing on her arm, mm. on Ushuk's arm, drawing a, a tree. And then once we flash back, she's doing the same thing as they're kind of waiting for their verdict. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> but they're they're kind of just talking about happiness and um, it's a little bit of a philosophical moment. And Edda mm. is reflecting because Ushuk is like, you know yeah i'm of course i want to be happy (laughs) i'm always chasing happiness and because edda had said something to the effect of i don't know who almost like who cares about happiness or like i'm not concerned about happiness these days Mm -hmm. i'm always fine um and ashuk essentially reminds her that she's the one who taught her to that she should be chasing happiness that she should be looking for things to fulfill her life with and it uh, kind of just confesses well then i've forgotten what i once knew which yeah. is sad yeah i mean but i mean it is kind of true we kind of forget with age comes wisdom but also with age comes a loss of simplicity like yeah you know um yeah. that you kind of have in childhood and teenage years typically mm-hmm. so um, yeah, yeah I that thought, kind of sense of an optimistic future yeah, that you have. Yeah. You really think you have the world ahead of you and you can do anything when you're that age. Yeah. And that's not always the case when you're in your 30s. And yeah, absolutely. It doesn't feel as wide open to you. Yeah. So, yeah, so we clearly know it has made some choices or, you know, her life has gone down a path. Uh, we don't know quite what yet, but um, – I'm assuming we're going to loop back around to that since we were kind of dropped those those breadcrumbs. Yeah. Um. So we're back in 1998 at this point, and um, Virgil is making a very impassioned and logical speech as far as why she's such an advocate for these kids. Yeah. Um. And she's kind of feeling defeated initially because she's kind of like, whatever. Like, there's not even any point in me voting against their expulsion because. Mm-hmm. Now it's only going to take a majority vote, not a unanimous vote. Right. And so she's almost resigned herself to like, fine, I might as well vote for it too. Because also I know a little bit last episode, she and she and Kimal were talking, right? Yeah. About mm-hmm. how maybe it's like, maybe we need to let these kids be who they are. And sometimes that might mean them needing to face the consequences, even if it means like losing – um or getting ex- getting expelled, you know, yeah. and having to deal with the fallout of that. And how that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a bad thing. I mean, it sucks, but, like, they'll have decisions to make from here on out and, mm-hmm. you know. So I know she's kind of got that brewing in her mind. But then she winds up using a really good um, example of, you know, and I think a lot of – especially if you're into true crime, you've probably already heard this before. But a lot of advice that's given is when you are – you know, whether you're being held at gunpoint, being, you know, um, uh, kidnapped. I was trying to think of the other – abducted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that whole thing is like trying to humanize yourself to that other person and just start spewing like facts about yourself, who you are, your age, your parents, your siblings, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. your job, what your hobbies – just anything you can to really try to get through and make them see – the human in you to reach the the hopefully whatever's left of the humanity in that person. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she's 
she basically starts doing that to these teachers. You just see them as these annoying losers who are like the bane of your existence. Yeah. Um, the but worst one. But not the object of all your desires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and she's like, but there's more to it than that. So she starts kind of reading their – reading off what she knows about them, you know, that while you just see Karem, you just see Karem as some spoiled rich kid – you know, he's having to live in the shadow of his father's legacy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't know what kind of love, if any sort of, um, any sort of emotion is being showed at home for him other than just what a disappointment he is that he's not being exactly like his father and who his father wants him to be. And right. um, what's a, she, you know, she even talks about, seen on you know like do you know that his parents just up and left him and he basically takes care of everything for himself and his grandfather like he's the adult i was really happy that she brought that up because i could only imagine that most of those teachers had no idea that this was anything that sinan was dealing with totally and that is something insane for any teenager to be dealing Mm -hmm. with so of course he's gonna act apathetic and like he doesn't care about anything because he already has the responsibilities of a man and he's just a kid yep and, you know, she – I didn't write down specifically what she says about all of them. But, I mean, she just mm-hmm. shares a bit about all of their situations and – And why maybe they act the way that they act. Right. How Edda's just expected to smile and be pretty and, and you know, ease through life on her looks. Mm-hmm. And when your own parents don't even have higher hopes for you than that, like – Yeah. I mean, my goodness. So yeah. – you know, she talks about Osman, you know, running the world one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Because I mean, he he really might. Yeah, um, yeah, very and, easily. You know, and so you can kind of see it soaking in. Yeah, bit by bit around everyone, and okay. One thing she said, hmm. I was like, mm, this better not be foreshadowing. <laughs> What did she say? Or it made me nervous that okay. it could be foreshadowing. Because essentially as she's humanizing them to the staff, she says something about like, well, what if one day we opened up the paper and saw that one of them killed themselves? And I'm like, why did you say that, Burju? <laughs> why did you say that specific thing? Oh, Burju, that doesn't them. feel like a coincidence <laughs> in the DZ writing universe. So I was like, oh, boy, I don't like that. I don't like that she said that and there were only three letters. (laughs) And, you know, foreshadowing or not, it's a valid question. It is. Like, because, you know, again, as – I mean, nobody's immune to a mental health crisis. But especially in those formative years, especially – like, you know what I mean? Like, so many things feel like so much – more are so much more magnified in your life when they happen Mm -hmm. during that time in your life and if I knew I could have done even something different to help change the direction of one of their lives by with a simple decision not even really any huge sacrifice on my part right yeah like that would you would you have to have like no heart to not be affected by that right right and, I mean – They clearly are affected. They clearly are affected because um, it winds up hap- – I mean, it winds up working. One by one, the hands start to go down mm-hmm. until Burgi was the only one 
really raised one of the teachers. I mean, you know, principal, what's his face is still like all for it, but. Yeah, Nejda doesn't care about them at all. No. He just wants them out. Yeah. So it's really just her and uh, Nejdet who have their hands raised. Mm-hmm. And so now the majority has spoken to give them another chance. Although there mm-hmm. is one – there is a caveat. Right. And it is that it's – and I think it's – um I actually don't know her name. I actually don't know her name in the show because she just – is the neighbor from EK to me always. But oh, I think she yeah. says something like, as long as they apologize for their actions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I mean, honestly, it's not really asking that much to say, like, let's have them acknowledge what happened, apologize for it. And then, yeah, I don't see an issue yeah. then with them having, like, one last chance. Yeah, one last chance. And so, um, meanwhile, the gang's discussing, you know, after they find all of this out, they're kind of discussing should they actually apologize? It's clearly a power play, all this stuff. Right. But one by one, they just come to it like, is it really going to – like, who cares when it comes down to it? We have to say a few words to apologize. But if it's going to do something to secure our future, then, like, I think we can kind of suck it up and yeah, do it. Yeah, because at first they all end up kind of saying, um, you know, oh, this is to every man himself. Because Osman is the first one he's like – this is a really easy way out. I'm taking it. I don't right. know about you. And you guys should too. He's really encouraging them to do it. Mm-hmm. And we end up seeing most of them as they go home. And you actually see that their parents are willing to support them in this. And yes. they all are kind of woken up a little bit by this situation. And Ada's parents, Karem's parents apologize to him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're going to come with you. Of course we're going to come with you. Yeah. And just thinking back to that age, just to have your parents there in a situation like mm-hmm. that – I know that, of course, these kids try to act tough and they try to act like they don't care about anything. But you know that this meant something to them to have their parents there. Well, and especially Karem because his dad's like, look, he kind of admits, I know I haven't always been like the dad that I should. Mm -hmm. I'm just coming there to support you. Just look at me and not ever – don't worry about the fact that everybody else is in the audience. Just look at me and you'll basically be able to get through your speech. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Um. And like you said, like, especially for crime, I feel like that's such a huge thing. Yeah. Like, such a huge shift in his relationship with his dad. Yeah. Um, even, like, Edda has a good moment with her mom up until – is this the same time when she kind of is like, Mom, I also want to talk to you about something. And she kind of yeah. brings up wanting to be a graphic designer. Her mom's mm-hmm. kind of like, basically like, well, why? You're beautiful. You can just basically skate through life. Yeah, you have so much potential, she tells her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, potential for what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, I like that because then you've got that. Then you have when Ashuk is with her parents, you know, they're supportive. But also basically telling her, like, they don't want her to have to, like, deal with anything difficult in life. Like, mm-hmm. basically stay under the radar. Basically be Switzerland. Just yeah. stay under the radar. Um, just be a normal kid. Right. Like so that you can just make your way through without much conflict, all this stuff. Whether it's fighting for something good. Like even if it's something that they see as good to be on the side of. It's like uh, better to not get too involved though because then e- either way, then you're going to cause conflict with the opposing side. It could be trouble, right. blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I think she's realizing even though it's great that she has her parents support in this too – Hearing that is kind of making her realize, but, like, 
do I want to not have to like ever deal with conflict? Like, yeah. Do, do I just want to be normal? Yeah. Do I just want to be normal? Do I not want to like make decisions for myself, whether that means I might, you know, be met with some resistance or not? Like, I, yeah. So it's like, I like that a lot of these moments with their parents, it wasn't just neatly tied up in a bow where it's like, oh, the parents all learned their lessons and now they're going to be the best, most supportive people. Mm-hmm. Like, while yes, there has been some improvement there's still those areas where it's like, no, you still don't get it. Like you still don't mm-hmm. understand me. You still, you know, um, and I appreciate that because yeah. I don't think really any parent kid relationship is that simple. It's all very nuanced, you know? Oh um, yeah, absolutely. And so I like that they kept it that way. Mm-hmm. Now we, we sort of skipped over this, but I thought we would <laughs> talk about the kids first so we can mm-hmm. go to this specific Mm -hmm. wonderful moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh my gosh you guys (laughs) because after they all vote and the kids are safe uh we find we see burju coming into uh kimal's office Mm -hmm. and she's like you asked for me and oh we get one of the best love confessions i've seen in my life like seriously not just in a dizzy just no, just in general. In general, in a movie, in a show, in a book, in like it is <laughs> so good. It is so so good. Like it's and it's oh, it, and it's not this big. It's not a grand gesture. It's not. It's such a simple moment. They're at work I in know. his office at school. Like I know. And honestly, I think that is part of the appeal because. That is really where love grows and happens, is in the everyday moments. Like, yes, we love reading about big grand gestures. And that's not to say if the person we love goes above and beyond and does something extravagant. Right. You know, of course, don't get me wrong. Yes, you're going to swoon. You're going to be like, oh my gosh. But really, that stuff is fostered in the, quote, mundane moments of life every day. Yeah. And that's how it continues to grow. Like your entire relationship, marriage, whatever, it can't be just nothing but grand gestures or no gesture is grand. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And so I think the, the under, not underrating, I don't think this moment is underrated. People all very much loved it, but just the. Well, it's, it's an underplayed moment, I guess you could say. There you go. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, because she's thinking like, oh, you know, I need to, uh, I need to thank him for his help the other day mm-hmm. while we, we were able to save these kids. Like, thank God. Right. And he just is like, I, to me, what this really, the the feel of this moment mm-hmm. was like, he, he can't hold it in anymore. Like, he can't control no. himself anymore. And with that, plus the look on his face and the way that he mm-hmm. talks to her and the mm-hmm. things that he says to her, mm-hmm. it's like he's had these things running through his mind for weeks now. And he's just really been holding himself back yeah. and doing his best to just be in the shadows and leave her alone mm-hmm. and not make it a big deal. But he sees what she was able to accomplish for these kids and he's like... I, ha- I have to just tell her. I have to tell her. Right. Because initially when he – he kind of pulls her in there to like obviously jokingly scold her because he's kind right. of like, oh, yes, well, I noticed you didn't listen to me. Because they had kind of come to, you know, the whole maybe this is the path they need to lead and we need to let this right. happen. 
but she still gave that impassioned speech at the voting and all of that. Yes. And so he's kind of there to be like, mm, haha, yeah, I see you yet again. Did not listen to me. Yeah, created another mess. Uh-huh. <laughs> and when and she's just kind of sitting there just being so graceful and like, I mean, she's kind of laughing about it, but you can tell she's like proud of it. Yeah. And I think him just like taking her in in that moment is like what you said is what led to the whole like <laughs> I it literally is it's I can't control this anymore it's just going to come out of me like I yeah. like he physically could not contain it anymore like he yeah. had no choice in the matter this stuff just had to spill out of his mouth and his heart and it's like yeah, yeah. Because she's like, well, you know, I did the best I could. And, yeah, she's being very bashful, just looking down. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you're an amazing person. You blow my mind. And then that with that, she looks at him. Mm -hmm. And his eyes are so searing in that moment. There's so much emotion and feeling in his eyes. So much. That is great acting, you guys. They're, like, glassy, like, Tears just waiting to, like, spill out. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. He's like, your fighting spirit, your stance, it's incredible. That purity of yours is like a drop of water. Like a drop of water. Oh, my And gosh. he's like, who is this man? <laughs> Why do you want him? Why him and not me? Tell me. For, for a guy to legitimately say that to, I oh, know. my gosh. Why him and not me? Oh, you know he's been torturing himself mm-hmm. with that. He says, I'll do my best. Oh, <laughs> I'm ready to fight for it in any way. I'm ready to race for it. Tell me even I ha- if I have the slightest chance. Choose me. <laughs> be oh. with me. I want to be the one for you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then he's just sitting there because there's this like – there's this gap of silence for a little bit. Oh, and yeah, because she's just staring at him. Because she's – I, you can tell this is, like, the last thing she expected to hear out of his mouth. Like – Yeah. And <laughs> it – and probably the last thing he expected to say, truly. like Of course, yeah. And it is just – you don't – and I don't watch the show anymore either, but I did watch in the early original days. So – and I think a lot of people will appreciate this because this is – there's a there's a basically like a confession on Grey's Anatomy in the early days where Meredith, the main character, says to Derek, and they were the main love story until they killed him off. <laughs> um, but she basically, it's the same situation. He's thinking about, like he's kind of feeling obligated to make things work with his ex wife because mm. she find like she went she came out and like chased him to try to make things right and all this stuff. And Meredith, but he and Meredith have like fallen in love at this point. Okay. And she is so, like, she basically is, like, holding her heart raw and open to him and is saying, pick me, choose me, love me. And, like, he doesn't, so it sucks. (laughs) At least not yet. But this, that's a – when he said, choose me, be with me, I want to be the one you love, Mm -hmm. I immediately thought of that moment and thought this blows that Grey's Anatomy moment (laughs) out of the water because he is just so earnest and just so like his like it's almost his voice is like almost shaking and like oh it's just uh, and I just all I wrote was and the love is just seeping out of his eyeballs as he stares at her oh oh my gosh 
I, I wrote his face, his eyes, the tears, the hope. And then in all caps, I wrote, it ruins me every single time. Because the first time I saw this scene, when I watched the show like last year, my jaw was on the floor. Like, yeah, yeah. Because we're only like 12 minutes into the episode. I wasn't yeah. expecting it, this to be the moment. No. So even when he first started the confession, I wasn't even expecting it to go anywhere. Oh, yeah. It catches you off guard. Yes. I thought either they'd get interrupted or she'd be overwhelmed and not be able to do anything about it. And then you'd Mm -hmm. be like, what the heck? And so my jaw was just on the floor. I was like, how did nobody prepare me for this? Oh, my gosh. Like, And yeah, still a year later, it holds up. Like it is definitely – I can't even think of – I'm trying to think like what's even equivalent to this? Like – I maybe maybe the I'm all in moment with Luke mm. and the little thing that he's kept in his wallet. Yeah, that's probably because of the <gasps> mm-hmm. level of pining. Mm-hmm. And th- see that to me, the genius of this scene is exactly that: the fact that you, as the watcher, mm-hmm. you're really kind of in Burju's shoes in this yeah. situ- in this scene and in this situation. You're taken off. You're taken completely off your off guard by him launching into a full-blown love confession so early in the episode Mm -hmm. and it's like that is great writing because you're they're putting you right into the story yeah so you're feeling all of the feelings that Burju is probably feeling where it's like this hope and elation and shock and awe and he's just pouring out his heart to where you really understand why it takes her so long mm-hmm. to really digest this and then finally tell him I broke up with him. <laughs> I – and I love that that's what she says and not like we broke up because then that could just le- mean like he yes. broke up with her and now she's just going to, you know, soothe her aching heart with this man who wants her. Yes. No, she actively made that choice. I broke up with him. And again, because – because it didn't wind up working out, the fact that, you know, because initially, right after she breaks up with him, she does take that jacket. She is going to go try to seek him all. And I feel like it's a good thing that didn't work out because yeah. that could have been like, okay, that could have come across as like, well, I broke up with him because I I know I have somebody like waiting in the stands for me, essentially. Mm-hmm. Whereas this was like, she's still stuck by that choice, even when it looked like Kimmel was not even going to be an option. Yeah. Which further cements that she did this for her because she knew it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And again, like doing it, even if it meant no hope of getting to pursue something with Kimmel. Yeah. And yeah. Ugh, so when she says that, and then he is shocked because mm-hmm. I think that's. I think that's, again, the last thing he expects her to say. Mm-hmm. And so he sits there shocked. You see more – how he does this without them fully spilling <laughs> over, I don't know, because I swear you see more tears, like, in his eyes. And he's, like, in disbelief. He kind of almost shakes his head in that, like, laughing kind of way, like, mm-hmm. wait, did I just hear what I think I heard? And then he finally comes to himself, <laughs> like, Kendon Nigel. <laughs> And he's like, oh, let me get up and actually, like, yes, do something walks, about this. Yeah. And he walks around the desk and he offers, and she's still sitting and he offers her his hand and pulls her to stand up with him. And does he kiss her first or does he say it? Does he say, I've been he, waiting so he long? He says for it this? and then he kisses her. And yeah. then it's just this epic, beautiful, uh, golden hour moment kiss. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's perfect. It's 
literally perfect. Like I would not change even one thing about it. Nope. Um, not at all. No, not like it's just so. And listen, the love confessions in Harrier Sen, the love confessions in EK, Sanchal Kapama, they're all epic in such different yeah. ways. Like, yeah, I don't even compare them because like, you know, with Sanchal Kapama, we had this big chase scene and like, mm-hmm. you know, he's stopping her from the airport and in um, – in EK, I love it because it's kind of two different ones. Like we get the one at the end of Eleven right. where they actually kiss and realize that, you know, they both admit their feelings for each other essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we get this kind of another quiet, very sweet, very yes. Uh, yes. love confession from John to Son M. <sighs> love it. It's like, oh, that one's perfect in its own way. Um, you know, Harrier Day Sen, the whole you know, campfire, all that. That was just, Mm -hmm. it's also good. Um, But like I said, this one, just like you said, I think the way underplayed, the way you stated it was like perfect. It's like so underplayed, but so perfect. And just like I could float on that for days. Yeah. And it almost seems unfair to compare them because while this is a show produced in Turkey, Mm -hmm. so it is a DZ it's not a DZ in kind of the usual sense mm-hmm. where you're having these two, two and a half hour episodes where the story is taking a, a much longer time right. to build and progress. And the nature of this is just so much shorter. Mm-hmm. They're telling a story in a much quicker amount of time. It's almost more akin to a movie or a miniseries in comparison to a normal DZ where you're getting out hundreds of hours of, you know – story and and everything so to me for the amount of time that they had to tell this story Mm -hmm. up until now the amount of time they had to progress their relationship the way they showcased that it they did a great great job i completely agree that's a very good point very good point um so yes while we want to stay floating in that moment forever um the show doesn't let us (laughs) (laughs) And so we kind of went over what happens with all the parents after that. But then mm-hmm. we're back to um, the adult Future, girls. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Debating their young decisions and how they affect you. Really think they decisions you make, you know, at 17 really affect you mm-hmm. today. And, um, you know, what would, what would you say to your 17-year-old self? I think it was what Edda asks Ashok, right? Yes. Yeah. And then we kind of – so we get adult Ashuk doing this voiceover as we're seeing things that are happening in the 1998 timeline. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing her say, you know, don't be afraid to carry yourself with dignity and to be yourself. When do you listen to adults? When you have nothing to say for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so always have hope. Nothing is the end of the world. Life is longer than you think. New roads and new doors will open. Life will restart over and over and over. That is so true. Um, (laughs) Determine your worth and don't care so much about other people's opinions. Only you can realize who you truly are. You're the only you and you're worthy of love. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because as she's saying this, we're flashing to each of the kids Mm -hmm. as they're on their way to make their big apology. Yeah. So it seems very fitting Mm -hmm. in – She's talking to what she wishes she had told herself, but she's sort of inherently speaking to all of them in that moment 
as they're headed to go, to go do this. Because we've already had one clue that maybe things don't turn out the way that they're supposed to as mm-hmm. far as this apology goes. <laughs> and then after her this little speech and her discussion with Edda right now, Edda basically says, you know, yeah, c- can you believe they wanted us to apologize? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Adult Ashok um, magic, like, kind of pulls out a bracelet from hiding. Yes. And gives it to Edda. And Edda's like, oh, my gosh, like, you kept this. You still have this. Um, so it's that bracelet that we've kind of keep we keep seeing pop up throughout mm-hmm. um, throughout the series. So now we're at the Apology Day. It's a big school assembly that yeah. seemingly is literally just for this. It's not just like, yeah. hey, there's a school assembly, so that's where we'll have you apologize. <laughs> Yeah. Seems Nezjet has scheduled this for the sheer purpose of these kids apologizing. And not only that, they don't – because this is the other thing the kids don't realize until now. They don't get to even say their own apology. Yeah. Nezjet is dictating to another student and having him, like, handwrite these apology letters that each of these kids needs to read. Yeah. Which is so interesting to me because I'm like – I know this just further cements that it's more about the humiliation for him than them actually apologizing and being sorry for what they did. Because I think had they been able to say it in their own words, Mm -hmm. I think they would have gone through with it. I really do. I agree. I agree. Because they just would have been like, we're doing what we need to to get by and then we'll make the changes we need to to get through our senior year. Mm -hmm. But the second they're each handed that piece of paper, mm -hmm. they're – because they had mentioned, oh, this is just a power trip right. already. Right. And that really seemingly confirms it to them. Yep. And, I mean, and of course it is. It's like it's this ridiculously overdramatic self, you know, wanting it to be so self-deprecating and, you know, um, and just just madness. Like, yeah. Or you're just like, this is literally – this is literally just to humiliate. Because honestly, if you're giving someone an apology that they have to read off of, is it really an apology? Like, it's not coming from their heart. Like, and so that just says, like, you don't even care about it coming from their hearts. You just want right. them, you just want them to be humiliated. Yeah. And <laughs> this is interesting because Eric and I just watched this show. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy show. It's really good. If people like kind of weird sci-fi-ish trippy shows you'll probably like this it's a show on apple plus it's called severance but they have this thing in this company where you if you do if you get in trouble you have to apologize and you have to say this one specific phrase over and over and over again until they believe that you're actually sorry that's the one adam scott's in right yes it's so good (laughs) okay all right the whole concept is that these people at, who work at this specific company and on this specific floor, they get their work self and their personal self severed in their mind. Uh-huh. So once they like get into this elevator and go to the floor that they work, mm-hmm. their mind switch, their brain switches off of their personal life and they can't remember anything from the outside. So it's a literal separation or severance, severance. <laughs> of your work life and your personal life. Wow. And kind of the implications of that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of really interesting um, kind of analogies mm-hmm. that are shown. There's a lot of interesting um, – what's the other – there's analogies and – Metaphors? 
metaphors. Thank you. You're welcome. A lot that I didn't catch at first. And then later on, I was like, oh my gosh. So anyway, really interesting. Really good show. All right. Well, maybe I'll have to start that between Ted Lasso episodes because I did not realize (laughs) because I only started Ted Lasso last year when seasons one and two were already out. So like Mm -hmm. I just binged through them in like a couple weeks. Well, not even a couple weeks, probably like a week. I didn't realize they don't drop every episode at once and it's weekly. Oh. So when season three dropped and I watched it and it was like over and there wasn't another episode to watch, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, crap, this is the first time I'm watching it like in real time. So I'm like, oh, well, maybe – because Severance has got – is it complete or is it like done with the, the season or something? Done with the season. Okay. Season two will be coming at – some point okay so maybe yeah so maybe i can maybe yeah. i can watch that in they between. also dropped a little snippet trailer for the next season of the bear oh <gasps> they did so, yes so you oh watch. i didn't know that so go watch that oh, okay really okay good i'm doing that when it's we're done it's just a tiny teaser that's okay just i'll yeah. take it i'll take yeah. it this is like i i've felt like for a while mm-hmm. i haven't had any new tv to mm-hmm. be excited about yeah and now I'm like, oh, Shadow and Bone season two is out. We're getting another season of Love is Blind. <laughs> Friday. It comes Friday yeah. already. Yeah. That's right. Oh, I got to get my – More craziness. I got to get my gold goblet ready. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so anyway, it's fun. And like I, it's great to find a, a really good TV show. Yeah. So we started Severance and we're like, this is a good show. Let's keep going. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That's good. Because like I've had a few mindless things, you know, like mm-hmm. like I watch – I do watch How I Met Your Father, but like I'm not invested. Like mm. I loved How I Met Your Mother except for the finale, but we won't get into that. Yeah. Um, I could do a literal entire podcast just about <laughs> that. But um, but it, it's just one of those like mindless things that's easy to watch. And yeah. so – but I'm not really invested where it's like, eh, I could stop it at any time. So it's like I watch it because the new episode's out, but it's what it is. But yeah. when there's something that you're like, oh my gosh. And I did mm-hmm. start – I did start um, I did start Milo's new show because mm. um, it's different than anything he's really done before. Um, okay. It's like a spy drama. Oh. But he's not a spy. He's like dating a spy but doesn't know he's dating a spy and he's a con man. Like, oh, mm-hmm. and she doesn't know he's a con man. So, okay, yeah, uh, and they have good chemistry. So, okay. Um. Anyways, uh, but that's brand new. So it's like one of those things where it's like I'm like three episodes in because that's all that's out. Right. So, right. um, and I am enjoying it, but again, I'm not like, oh, this is like, you know, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, I yeah, I get sorry. what you're saying. No, quick, that's okay. Quick, uh... yep, quick side note. <laughs> Well, that's okay. TV sidebar. We're, we're giving people things to do in the next two weeks while they won't go. have any podcasts to listen to. Yeah, any of our podcasts the, to listen to, I should say. the season of Severance. Um, so, yeah. So the apologies are being written and dictated. Everyone's getting ready. They're all arriving. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're kind of realizing, whoa, like everyone's here. And, you know, it's, we're kind of getting the idea, too, that like some of the kids are even looking forward to it because they're like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see like Edda put in her place. And oh, I can't, yeah. you know, that yeah. – uh, what's his name? Barack can't wait to see Karem, you know, be humiliated because he was yeah. humiliated by the whole situation with, you know, Edda. Um, right. But you know what I really love? I – Oh. You I know, know what I'm going to say, don't yes. you? Yes. <laughs> What am I going to say, Ashley? <laughs> You're going to say that you love 
the fact that Kimal came yeah. and was supporting Sinan because Sinan like, is the only one there yeah. without his freaking parents because his parents are the worst. The freaking worst. And he like, fixes his tie and he tells him don't screw anything up. <laughs> and Sinan, of course, can't, you know, he's emotionally constipated so he can't tell him thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So he's like, so are you and Burju a thing now? <laughs> I love it. And it and it's funny because Kimal just kind of smiles. I don't think he full – or does he do a little – he just like barely confirms it. But like mm-hmm. you know – like it's enough that Sinan like knows. Yeah. And so Sinan says something about the fact like – what does he say? Like, oh, thank like good. we did it. We did it. That's what it is. Yes. Like, okay, so we did it. At least we did that. Mm-hmm. And it's – and he's kind of like – Kimal's like – Wait, what? Like, and then he's like, "What did you have to do with anything?" Right, <laughs> and you know, so it obviously Sinan basically tells him about the fact that they orchestrated them falling in love. You know, with all all the different obviously things that happened over this season. You know what I love though? He's a little stunned initially, but then after right. that, he's like, "Well, who cares? It still got me this amazing woman who." Yeah, because like while they, yes, they caused a lot of forced proximity. You can't force two people to fall in love. No, so nope, you can't. As you, hard as you may try, yeah, they exactly. just happened to luck out that these two are perfect for each other right. mm-hmm. and have great chemistry yep. and would end up falling for each other anyway. Yep. So exactly. it really wasn't anything that – I mean, yes, they – like you said, they were in charge of the force, the forced proximity, <laughs> but right. that's really all. Right. And so I love that Kimal's just like, okay, like – he kind of just chuckles it off because yeah, he dude knows where he stands and how he feels. Yes. So it's like, uh, who cares how we got here? We got here. Mm-hmm. Now, in contrast to that, which I, I did kind of like this because mm-hmm. they're so different. Yes. And so the way they – just their personalities, you know, mm-hmm. everything. Like he – you know, grumpy sunshine, okay? Yes. And like even just the way that they process things and – absorb information or mm-hmm. whatever is so different. And so Burju is in the teacher's lounge when Horny Hondam basically is like storms in and is like, is something going on with you and Kimmel? <laughs> and Burju's kind of like, ooh, yeah. And she's like, I knew it. I just knew it. Like, yeah. you know, I just knew it that night when he threw me out after nothing happened, when you just showed up in the middle of the night and blah, blah, blah. Like, and she's like, I guess I should have known the universe kept throwing you two together. Mm-hmm. And that triggers Burju's brain to be like, wait, the universe? Or And so she kind of flashes back to all the times the, quote, universe has thrown them yeah. together and realizes. The universe being teenagers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so she has flashbacks to those specific moments. And you can kind of tell it's having a freak out. Yeah. Because she's like, yeah. crap, this wasn't real. Like. This was all manufactured. And so she's having a little bit of a crisis about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she hurries and gets out to the, you know, assembly, but you can tell something's off, like the look on her face, all of that. Um, uh, the, the kids get their scripts at this point, right? Yeah. So you're seeing kind of the the their brains <laughs> working mm-hmm. as they look over this. And uh, it's – they're all lined up and ready to go. And then essentially we see Burju come out and um, she looks at them. Mm-hmm. She, I think she even sees Kimal. 
and she leaves. She yeah. walks away. Yep. So this has clearly affected her, mm-hmm. but we'll get back to her eventually. Yeah. Um, so the kids essentially are very, very slowly called up one uh-huh. by one. And it's funny because it's like you'd think after – I feel like in real life after the first one, you'd kind of be like, well, screw this. Like we're not standing up here for four more of these. Like, Right. I also thought it was interesting re-watching it. I'm like the order of them is interesting mm-hmm. because to me they – although surprising – I think that they were in order of least likely to apologize to most likely to apologize mm-hmm. with actually not Ashuk, but Osman being the most likely to apologize. Yes, because his moment with his dad was mm-hmm. so sweet. I mean, we already know he has a pretty solid relationship with his parents out of all of those kids, but he's in a situation where, you know, um, I mean, Sinan is too. They're, they don't have a lot of money. Um, right. You know, and so, and he wants better for himself, but his dad also wants better for him. That's where yeah. the difference is, is Osman has yes. a dad who gives a lot, uh, like he gives a crap about his kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so he's, he's like, he wants him to go up and apologize, not because he wants him to be humiliated, not because it's like, I, you embarrassed me with your actions. It's not about any of that. Yeah. It's just that he sees the potential his son has. He sees the drive that he has. Mm-hmm. And... The ta- you know, his his talent in, you know, his business talent and savvy. And he wants him to be able to do something with that. And so yeah. for him, it's just more like, I'll be up there supporting you. You know, just go and apologize and do what you have to do so that you can live the life I want for you. Like the better yeah. life than I can give you. Yeah. And Osman is very kind of future oriented. Mm-hmm. He's a planner. So it makes sense to me that he would be the one to be able to really let it roll off his back yeah. and be like, look, this is all part of my master plan. Mm-hmm. I, I'll i I'll just take – I'll do it. I'll bite the bullet. I will apologize. Yeah. I'll make a fool of myself so that I can, you know, continue on my track with yeah. my – sorry, I hit my microphone um, – <laughs> to – to my future and and all of that. And right. Ashuk is the one who was Miss Studious, Miss Do Everything Right, Miss, mm-hmm. you know, I'll take care of uh, my future because that's what my parents want for me. But she's wavering a little bit from that mm-hmm. as this process continues. Eda is kind of like, per, I think, perfectly in the middle because she could really go either way. She yeah. was going to run away. She decided to stay. She doesn't want to apologize, but she also sees the good Benefit. in it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then Karem, to me, his the big motivator in him apologizing is his parents and the fact that his they, dad's supporting him. Exactly. And apologizing he apologized. for the kind of dad he's been. Yep. Yep. Whereas Sinan really has always potentially going to be going to have been expelled Mm -hmm. his parents don't care he doesn't really have a lot of motivators to stay in that school but they're all apologizing so to me it feels like Sinan's like well they're gonna do it I'll just do it too this is fine whatever yeah (laughs) yep and you know I'm glad you brought up the Karem thing because he's the first one right uh no Sinan is first oh Sinan is first Mm mm-hmm so Sinan is first. What is it that makes him not want to apologize? What's like his – I think it's just the letter. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. The fact that he's 
Oh, yeah, because he's he's the one constantly calling out Nejad about his, you know, obsession with 17-year-olds and how he yep. needs help and all of that. And this – yeah, you're right. Well, and he goes up and they're all, you know, looking at him mm-hmm. like wolves, you know, ready to yeah. devour sheep, excited yeah. to see him humiliate himself. Yeah. So. Yep. So he – yeah, he basically tells him to go screw himself and mm-hmm. uh, that he will not be apologizing. And – he says, I would do it again. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you know what's kind Oh, of- I messed up. No. Sorry. Way. It's Sinan, then Eda, then Karem. Okay. So, so I swapped them. Okay. So Sinan first, and then Eda comes up, and, you know, she just kind of has the same realization. Like, and I think it doesn't help that, she, you know, she again knows that her parents just want her to be able to slide through life on her looks and beauty and, um, that's what they're really there for is just to see her do what she has to do to be able to continue down that path. Mm-hmm. And she's probably a little enabled by the fact that Sinan also just, you know, yeah, stuck his middle finger up. And yeah. so she kind of is like, the only thing I'm going to address is basically the terrible, your terrible fashion to <laughs> Nishet. Yeah. And, you know, kind of makes fun of him and gives him crap and says, screw it, and goes and stands next to her friend Sinan. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, she says something like, this is a disgusting ego trip, and then yes. she walks away. Yep. And she's right. It really yeah. is. That is exactly what it is. Yeah. Now, Karem's is the one that was like, that one hurt the most for me because – Oh, I know. He, like I said, I mean, again, this this huge change and shift with his parents, his dad especially, mm-hmm. and then Nejdet leaning down and just saying, look, I know your friends did this. Yours is just a formality. I wouldn't even have you up here apologizing, but it has to look like it's equal. So Mm -hmm. basically, I'm sorry you have to do this too, but don't worry. Your dad already paid for a replacement lab. So like you're secure. Yeah. So when he realizes his dad really isn't there to support him, this is about his dad because he can't have a son who's kicked out of school and it's about his image and what that looks like, not about him genuinely being there for, for Karem. I had done the same thing. Yeah. Like, just had that – of course it shifts his whole motivation for even doing this. Mm-hmm. So? Well, and he even says – he's. I think he says, like, I'll, I'm going to go off script for a moment here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put this letter right here. <laughs> and he's like, my name is Karem Oz, not – I think his dad's name is Khan or something. Mm-hmm. Like, please be sure that you know the difference between us. Yep. Perfect. Yep. And he – uh essentially says i would do it again too i'm not apologizing Mm -mm. and your lab can go to hell yes (laughs) yes 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 and then um is a shook a shook shook comes up yeah and hers i loved because again when she finally comes to the point where it's like no i'm standing with my friends Mm -hmm. she not only says like you know we're supposed to apologize for this, but why am I going to apologize for who I am? Someone who defends my friend. Do you know yeah. the whole reason that fight even started was because yeah. they lured Kerem there, five guys basically against one, to beat him up. So, of course, when we saw that our friend was in trouble, what kind of person would not defend their friend? Yeah. What kind of person would just let that happen to their friend in front of them? Of yeah. course we did something about it, and that's not something I'm going to apologize for. Yeah, I think she even says that she's proud of herself. Mm-hmm. And before, as she's kind of standing there, 
waiting to make her apology Mm -hmm. or whatever she's going to say, we actually get some flashbacks from her. And these clearly have been really pivotal. Wow. (laughs) Pivotal. (laughs) Pivotable. (laughs) I like that word. They're pivotal. I like it. It's a new word. It's like, it's like, I wonder what two words we're able to to be pivoted. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, pivotal moments. With the kids, like, Sinan basically calling out the fact that, oh, your mom says that, so I guess it must be true. Right. And Eda telling her, you know, chase after things, go for it. Who cares if you fail? At least you'll have experienced it. Yeah. So her relationships with these kids have made a big difference in her life, obviously. Mm -hmm. We know that she has made a difference in their lives as well. Right. That's clear. But to me, in this moment, we're seeing exactly how Ashuk has been changed through this friendship and through this whole situation. And for the better, not just a, quote, mm-hmm. bad influence because they're bad kids. Like, right. They have made her realize that she needs to start making decisions for herself and decide who she is because that's who she wants to be. Yeah. Not because that's just what she's told she has to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so, I mean, hello. Obviously, that's definitely a standing <laughs> ovation moment for me that – um yeah she does well that. and the crowd cheers after mm-hmm. she after she says that yep and then we finally get osman who i really understand his struggle the most because mm-hmm. again he has a dad who loves him and is proud of him and wants to see him succeed and supports him and he like loves that his dad sees that in him and so of course you know he wants to do what he can to further um you know push that and make that happen but again like what's he gonna do like is he really sorry for this especially after hearing what Ashuk said like that is why they did it that is exact I mean Osman was the one that was like we need to find Karim like yeah yes you know he's the one that even knew, knew something was wrong. wrong yep and so yeah he gets up there and doesn't he basically just say like f this like literally yeah. I'm not <laughs> apologizing and see he has paper in his pocket I'm assuming it's the apology mm-hmm. that he's ripped up and he throws it in the air the crowd goes wild <laughs> we we get a shot of Khan uh sorry Kimal who is clearly repressing a smile yes like he's and, so proud of them yes like i know i'm not supposed to be happy about mm-hmm. this but i'm proud that these kids didn't apologize yep and even when you see osman's dad start clapping for him yes i loved that so because good. you you can tell osman's dad knows who he is mm-hmm. and he truly understands his yeah. son yeah and I think the fact that the other parents mm-hmm. are not happy, they're not thrilled about the situation, they're going to be mad. Yeah. It shows that they don't know their kids as mm-hmm. much as they might think they do. Yeah. Yep. And they're obviously more concerned about image and yeah. how well, this reflects on them. Whatever future they or- have planned mm-hmm. for them. Exactly. Yeah. So I loved that. And so now that they've burned it all to the ground <laughs> – um, the kids then literally go and yeah. burn their uniforms because they're like, well, we know we won't need these again because <laughs> we're definitely expelled after that. And yeah. um, and they do it in the same order they gave their apologies, which yeah. are not, they're not apologies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just, yeah, and they share this really great moment. And um, you just kind of know that, yeah, well, now their futures are kind of – up in the air and they don't really know what's going to come after this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
their senior years are going to be entirely different than what they expected. Like, yeah, they they're going to be there for each other, and mm-hmm. they've kind of they've kind of built this little you know family, found family amongst themselves, and they're just like we'll figure it out, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so, and then we get this. I feel like this is definitely an underrated moment because of the moment we get at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. But I I love this one almost as much, almost mm. as much. Because obviously we can see that Burju is still very bothered by, yeah, you know, the way she and Kim all were brought together because mm-hmm. it's making her question the legitimacy of it. Yeah. Or if they were just, if their feelings were also manipulated. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like maybe she's getting ready to like go, like just get away for a while because she like, there's a cab. She's got a suitcase going into it. Yeah. She's leaving somewhere. Yeah. She's going somewhere. And Kamal shows up and he calls her and she kind of turns and looks at him and she's kind of got the, it's funny. And I know she's not mad at him. Right. But she looks like she's mad at him. Yeah. She just looks mad. Mm -hmm. She looks really upset. And he walks up to her and is just kind of like, hey, what's going on? And she's like. Did you know? Uh-huh. And doesn't even explain anything, just did you know? And he tells her, I actually just found out, which is true. He only found out the same time she did. Yeah. And she's like, so none of this – she's like, great, so none of this is real. Mm-hmm. And I love that he just looks at her and he's like – he like – he grabs her face and he's like cradling her face in his big man hands. And he is like, does this – Feel no, not- he's, he's, he says, what do you think? What do you think? That's right. What do you think? And um, and she – does she say anything? Her. He kisses her after that. Yeah. And that's when he says, yeah, after this like sweet, slow kiss is like, mm-hmm. does that really not feel real? Yeah. You think that's not real? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then she pulls him into a hug. He's hugging her and they're holding each other and – um, I really love the cover of We Are Young that's playing mm-hmm. in the background of this. And I don't know. I just – the whole moment, I'm just like, I love that it wasn't this like – they could have ended it with like, oh, no, now are they not going to be together because she's going to storm right. off and be like, well, this wasn't real. I need to get away and think. And then like – because that that's a very typical season finale cliffhanger thing to do. Very, um, very. But I love that it was just like, no, like – Again, we see the difference. She was so doubtful, but he was so sure. He didn't even let her doubt creep in. Like, no, I know what I feel. Does this feel fake to you? Like, no, then it's settled. And so we just – we leave with them on a good note in their sweet embrace. Yeah. And um, we're back in the future um, to adult Edda. She kind of starts losing – Losing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's very metaphorical because mm-hmm. the house is starting to really lose it and mm-hmm. seems like it's about to collapse. So they run inside and Edda sees the picture of all of them mm-hmm. that has been on there. And because of the fact that this house is collapsing, it's fallen, it's broken. Again, very metaphorical. Mm-hmm. And so Edda kind of just breaks down she's like i screwed everything up mm-hmm. i ruined my life what she's saying feels like she's talking about the past and the present yeah like something happened that she was at the center of mm-hmm. maybe with their friendship and she feels at fault for all of them breaking up and not 
continuing to be friends. Yeah. Um, so she keeps saying, like, this place shouldn't collapse. We should have another chance. It shouldn't collapse. Well, and, you know, especially because they're the only two there so far. So as far as they yeah. know, nobody else is coming. Yeah. So I'm sure that's only adding to it. Like, I'm the only one who showed up. Mm-hmm. And now it's falling apart. We're falling apart, like you said, the metaphor. And yeah, so she's just uh, – she just can't take it. And Yeah. She's like, why did you call me? I was fine. Right. <laughs> you brought the devil back out of me. All this stuff. Mm-hmm. So Ashuk is like, we need to get out of here because yeah. otherwise you're going to get hurt. We could both get hurt. Yeah. And so she kind of grabs her. And at that point, they hear a knock at the door. And so this is the end of season two because we don't get to see who Who is knocking at that door. Who is at that door. And then I'm pretty sure season two was delayed because of COVID. So people who watch this in real time, I think they had to wait a lot. I mean, already Netflix seasons are like sometimes more than a year apart. Oh, yeah. Um, That's why all the Stranger Things kids are 35 now. I know. (laughs) You know, I haven't even – I haven't watched this season at all. Um. Well, it'll be there when you when you feel like getting yeah. to it. I, I almost feel like I probably need to like watch a recap, like somebody's YouTube, oh, like yeah. because it's like it's been so long. Because I know I watched it. I'm pretty sure I started it when it like came out, and so like I've watched which, every season as which it's was released like five or six years ago. Right. I was still living in Washington when the first season came out. Yeah, that's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. That's at least six years ago then. Yeah, and um. And so, yeah, and then, like, they had such a delay in releasing season 5A. Is it only, like, the first part that was out or the whole thing is out now? The whole thing is out now. Okay. But, yeah, they But, did like, how separate. many stinking years? Like I know. I know. Three almost since season four? Like, so, yeah. yeah I'm like typical I, Netflix. So I feel like I probably need to watch somebody's, like, YouTube recap of everything. I don't think I need to rewatch all four seasons, but, like, mm-hmm. I just need someone to refresh me. Yeah. Um, before I even yeah. dive into season five. So, um, yeah. So it's like they're already far apart. And then COVID. So, like, I think it was a while before okay. people got to figure out what the heck is going to happen. So. Yeah. Gosh, I can't imagine. <laughs> so we only have to wait a couple – I mean, we can watch whenever we want. But we only have to wait a couple weeks. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, so like, I mean, I know we kind of already touched on this at the beginning of a really great episode overall. Almost Mm -hmm. could have been a series finale, except for obviously like present day details. Right, Um, right. But I love that we don't just get the neatly tied up like thing, you know, like we're now going to see the fallout and what they've had to do um, in light of the decisions now that they've made. And yeah. How so, did, where do they go from here? Mm-hmm. Where do they go from here? What, yeah, what's going to happen? So um, we get to go a little beyond the HEA that we're given right now. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, again, we all love an HEA, but sometimes it is kind of nice. Okay, but now what? What happens three months yeah. from now? What happens a year from now? What happens? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll get to dive into that. Um in a couple of weeks. So um, hopefully, hopefully this was worth waiting for. It's a longer episode than I think we've done so far this season. (laughs) So so. I think we spent plenty of time um, swooning and dissecting things. Um, But yeah, but if you guys have any other thoughts or 
Um, if any of you are watching this for the first time with us, I'd love to know. Um, yeah. Just because if you are watching it with us and don't know what's coming, it'd be kind of cool to hear like your thoughts and um, mm-hmm. things on that. But um, I think I think I've not, I don't really have any housekeeping or any other announcements other than just we'll be back. I think we're going to take two weeks off, so we'll technically be back in three weeks. Yeah. So we'll be – the next two Wednesdays there won't be podcast – new podcast releases. Um, but if you haven't, please go listen to our Love Story episodes. Those are some of our favorite ones to record. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have to get submissions for um, a third one to do at some point, maybe a little bonus episode in the future because we just love hearing people's love stories or their grandparents' yeah. love stories or, you know, their sisters. Like people have shared all kinds of them. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so give those a listen to maybe hold you over. Check out some of the uh, shows Ashley and I paused to talk about in the middle of this episode. <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, all of our social media info on how to contact us, the podcast merchandise store, all of that stuff um, you can find at uh, in the in the show notes. And then, of course, just another reminder to um, if you are in a position to, to um, donate what you can mm-hmm. towards the earthquake relief going on over in Turkey because it's obviously well out of the news cycle at this point, but right. the devastation and cleanup and relief efforts are going to be ongoing for months and months and months. So, yeah. Um, don't let that um, slip out of your heads and hearts. Um, But other than that, we will be back in a few weeks with you guys to start season two. So until next time, Twitter shooters, post your call.